Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm Paul. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. And today we're going to be talking about the uh, animated series episode, The Slaver Weapon, based on the Larry Niven short story, The Soft Weapon. So if um, so, if the two of you want to just take a break uh, for this one, and come back in about a half hour. <laughs> uh, I have more than a half an hour's worth of things to say about this one. Paul is just gonna opine for half an hour about the show. Um, I'm gonna go make some tea. <laughs> sure. Uh, get some breakfast. Is and it that? I'll be back is it later. about? Is it about the fact that this takes this civilization is a billion years old? Um, so the 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 slaver are the um, the thrint or uh, thrint is singular, right? The uh, thrinton. Uh, so this is all Larry Niven stuff, though, right? So this is known space. Larry Niven's um, sort of universe, known space, where. Um, the slaver race, what humans call the slaver race, are this billions of year old race of aliens that at one point controlled the most of the galaxy telepathically. So like every intelligent life in the galaxy was just under telepathic control. Cool. And then there was uh, some sort of war. I, I forget the particulars of all that. Um, but they go extinct. All intelligent life in the galaxy goes extinct. And then life has to re-evolve, essentially. So... Hmm. But there's these stasis boxes um, that they left behind where time is, is stopped fully inside it. So that, that's the premise of this, is that this box they have, um, when they open it, whatever this race put in it billions of years ago is going to be in it. Um, and they describe, like, they found a few. They found one with a bomb in it ready to go off, so they don't just open them right away. But there could also be tech from this, like, you know, galaxy-conquering race. But that's all, um, yeah, <laughs> that's all in yeah. other Larry Niven books. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's what they said in this episode. And then they said that they got the gravity fields for their starships, like, derived from technology found in a stasis box, which, of course, begs the question how they found the stasis box to begin with, because if they had no starships, because they had no gravity field, presumably they weren't really space traveling very far. Sure. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> um, though the early so I guess from to answer it from a Larry Niven perspective would be that the yes, early that's what I'm wondering um, that the early uh, human spaceflight didn't have um, artificial gravity. It was all um, you know spinny spinny circle spaceflight. Okay, know, I centrifuge see. Centrifuge spaceflight um, to give artificial gravity. So I, I'm betting that was just in. So like I said at the beginning, this is based on a short story called The Soft Weapon that Larry Niven wrote um, for um, I think in what night. 67, where um, a, another alien race, the Pearson's Puppeteers, one of the main characters in Ringworld, probably Larry Niven's best-known work, does the exact same thing that Spock and her and Sulu do. So it's a Pearson Puppeteer and two humans find this, and they're coming back to um, you know some outpost with it, and then they get set into a Zinti trap, which is what happens to them. So... It's a pretty, pretty clean, like, inserting Spock and Uhura in Sulu into this short story. Yeah, and I like the party, too. I don't think we've ever seen this party this, in TOS. This has to be the only TOS or TAS episode that doesn't have Kirk in it, right? It is. I it think has, so. Like, has to be. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty much the only one. 
I wonder why. Which I'm not mad about, right? No, I'm not mad about it. No, it was a nice group. I didn't think, well, I didn't know if I'd like the dynamics of this group, but I really did. Like, they're like such a collected group, right? Mm -hmm. They're like Mm -hmm. really calm under pressure. Like, there's no one like kind of outspoken or doing like wild things. Like, they all just kind of like follow orders. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yep. You know, and then they get out of it as a result, like pretty reasonably. So, yeah. Well, again, I think it's a part of it is that it was written for uh, Pierce the Puppeteer, who is going to be like really logical. And it's like, well, Spock fits that perfectly. And then two humans. It's like, well, okay. If we're going to pass on Kirk, Sulu, and one has to be uh, a woman. So it's like, well, okay, one of them is Uhura, probably. <laughs> um, and then it's like, well, Scotty, Scotty doesn't fit here. Yeah, Sulu, like, there's a lot of good characters on the Enterprise to just insert into in stories like this. So. Yeah, yeah. If it were Scotty or Bones, I, I think it would have been an yeah. entirely different dynamic, right? Like, there would have been, like, arguing. There would have been, like, yeah. disobeying orders, potentially. There would have been, like, you know, different plans kind of put out there. Um, so really, like... Yeah, Sulu's just like very efficient and like mm-hmm. like gets things done. I don't know. He's he's kind of great here. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to Starbase Two Five, which was their name that they picked. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm fine with that. Uh, and, and there's still the slavers in the old story, right, Paul? Yeah. So th- the original story. Yeah. So all the all the rest of this is pretty much just taken from this short story with the addition of the three characters and basically any time they mention Starfleet. Those are about the only times that Star Trek is inserted into this story. <laughs> okay. Okay. But everything else, but... including the, the Zinti, um, are just, you know, an alien species in Larry Niven's... Um, I, have, <laughs> I pulled the book. I was like, here's the Man's in Wars. Lot, lots Wait. of really good books. Is it the Zinti or is it the Kazinti? So the pronunciation is uh, kind of whatever you want to make it. Zinti would be the plural, <laughs> though. Zin would be the singular, um, I believe. Wait, or is it the other way around? But in the I episode, was, didn't they say Kazinti or am I making that up? They probably said Zinti at least once. And different characters. So Spock said, I think, closer to Zinti without the K. And Sulu said Kazinti with more of a K. Okay, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> so, okay, so that... They're so... all right. You know. All right, that's fine. I'm okay with that. It's a made-up species. It doesn't matter. Yeah, a made-up <laughs> well, species but, presented but the, in in books. So like, but it kind of. I mean, it kind of does matter because now they're in Federation history, and it said they've had three wars or four, four wars with them, and the last one was 200 years ago. So now I'm trying to put together this timeline, like in Federation history, and they were apparently bad wars because the Kazinti or Zinti or whatever oh, yeah. talk about eating people. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, no, I would highly recommend reading some of the Man's in Wars if you're into sci-fi. Um, the first one, well, so the trick of all the Man's in Wars novels, which I'm holding one up, dear listener, they're all short stories. So like the first one has, I, I feel like four or five short stories in it, but they're not chronological. So. I think the very first story in it, um, The Warriors, yeah, there's three in here. The Warriors is, I th- think, the first um, contact between um, humans and Zinti. But then the next one is, like, later. And then there's other ones later. And, like, Man's in Wars 8 starts with the Zinti retelling of The Warriors, the first contact. 
So, and, and Larry Niven does this a lot, actually, where he'll have, he'll write a story and then come back to it later and tell it from the opposite side, which is really kind of fun, too. Um, which he actually did to this story, The Soft Weapon, and told it from the, the puppeteer side later. But, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of backstory in this universe. As you, but, as you can yeah, tell. yeah, but but now that it's been merged with Starfleet, sure, like and with our like real history, presumably like in canon, do do we like come back to this? The canon doesn't match essentially because um, a lot of the Man's in War stuff is happening in like twenty, I, I think twenty first century. Um, it's a lot of the like sixties, seventies okay. sci fi where they right same with Star Trek where they assume we're gonna have like. Um, Khan kind of doing the thing in in the '90s, and we're gonna have like faster than light travel by what 2030 or something. Whenever first contact takes 20, place, 20 like 50s, 50. It's the 2050s. Yeah, I thought it was earlier, but okay. Um, yeah, so they're assuming that like humans are out there exploring space easily in the 21st century, in the '60s. So a lot of a lot of man's in war stuff, I think, takes place in the 21st century. Okay, I'm gonna just accept it. So my only question then is, does this come back in any other show? Who are the, who's the the ones they fight in Enterprise? Enterprise is one of my blind spots. I've not watched much Enterprise. <laughs> I thought it was the Zindi. Uh, we could look it up. Oh, maybe it's the Zindi. Okay, it is. It is. All right, I'm not making it up. So it's the Zindi, and it's like. They're like a collective of species of these six species in Enterprise that are the the ones who like do the terrorist attack. Uh, but they're not much they're Enterprise not cat people. Based on. They're not cat people. No, okay. they're like one's like an insect, one's like a bird, but the bird's like extinct. One's like kind of like a mammal. One's like a hominid, or a couple are like hominids. Like one's like a fish creature. Okay, okay, so it's like <laughs> real real menagerie. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't. I'm not sure. It like makes a hundred percent sense, you know. Yep. Okay. But so the Zindi and the Sinti are not the same creatures, but they are both creatures that there was a war with about a couple hundred years before TOS. That's a lot of wars. Yeah. <laughs> that was a violent time. Yeah. Twenty-first so century. The Zinti, there is a Zinti also on the Cerritos in Lower Decks. Um, and it's not Dr. Tiana. Tiana is not a Zinti. I, I looked that up. She's a Catalan. Um, that sounds like a filler name. Which Come on, you've got to be kidding filler me. Name, yeah. um, <laughs> super, they put a filler name in there and then forgot to, to you know, to do it. To but if it. you look up the images, if you just type, like, um, Zin Lower Decks. Um, right, I'm going to do it. They actually drew it very heavily on the art from this episode. Um, right, to have the, the same sort of ears, the same sort of face, all that sort of stuff. Whereas, you know, a lot of the, as I was showing on... I mean, and, and that's cover art, but like a lot of the cover art for the man's in wars looks a lot more like tigers, essentially. Whereas, um, you know, I think this is much truer to the actual writing of Larry Nerman. So they talked about that on um, Memory Alpha. Basically, they're supposed to have stripes, but it was too expensive to <laughs> animate it, so they didn't. <laughs> well, and they just put them in spacesuits too, right? So you know, that's all. Sure, yeah, which, which worked, yeah, well. <laughs> which are pink because the director was colorblind. The end. <laughs> really? Is that true? Oh, yes, awesome. it is true. That's awesome. Oh my god, I love that. Chelsea, did you find the one that's on Lower Decks yet? 
No, I didn't. It was too difficult. Oh, you have to type this <laughs> K-Z-I-N, lower decks. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally looking at it right now. <laughs> oh, I spelled it wrong. That was the problem. Oh, I see it. Oh, yeah, it looks just like him. Yeah, so they... they... But, like, not as droopy. <laughs> ah, so there is... So they also touch on a bunch of th- stuff in this because they have the, the telepath, the, like, droopy one. Um, yeah. And so telepaths are also a big part of the man's in wars and like all this, because there are some Zinti that are telepaths, but they are like telepathy in their society is essentially viewed as a curse. Um, and they also use telepaths the way, um, is it Trump captain uses this one to like get information from people, but they're not respected. They're just like, do this thing. Um, and they also don't like being in other people's minds, especially human minds. Um, especially, you know, like he said, a Vulcan would be horrible because he doesn't want to be in the mind of someone who like eats plants and stuff. And then he has to experience that, which is, is horrible to him. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. And like it, he's like exhausted by the telepathy too, right? Is yep. that why he's so droopy? Yep. Okay. That, that does make sense. Okay. Uh, I'm fine with it. I will say, I think they have a really good plan. Like the they, they managed to trick Spock, um, yeah, and it, yeah. it works, which is pretty good. I mean, like, they got the empty box, which is weird. There is an empty box, by the way. Makes me wonder if the box is really empty, because they don't seem too smart. And then they they lure, I don't know if they were purposely trying to lure Starfleet, but, you know, someone with the box, and, and it works. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good setup. Kind of liked it. <laughs> I think, does it, was it just me? Or did the slaver weapon look like a watermelon? Because all, all I could think the whole time was that is a watermelon gun. <laughs> it was and... definitely a very particular color. Yeah, it looked like a watermelon. And then it was just a shape-changing watermelon with a bunch of settings that I was like, oh, okay, I guess and I'm sure. One of the settings is an atomic bomb or something yeah. like that's not a very safe handheld weapon <laughs> i mean if you're a ancient species that is uh ruling the galaxy through telepathy i mean could be worse i guess i don't know i don't know and i mean we don't know that because in the episode like the only reason we know that is because paul knows that and the episode doesn't really explain why they're why they're called slavers, which is a very uh sure. another filler name, right? <laughs> like I I had questions and they never answered them. And yeah, I mean, great that Paul has all this background information for <laughs> that us. That is I'm, very I'm fair. Learning, Abby. I'm learning stuff. That's but very like, fair. Just watching the episode, I don't understand half of it. I'm just like, I don't know who this species like it don't you don't really need to know. Like, it's not a huge deal that I don't know about this extinct species and, like, they don't need it for the episode, really. And the Kazinti, you don't really need to know anything about either. So, I mean, it's fine for the episode. But, like, if you know all this stuff, it is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think I mean, it's... it's a lot more interesting now that we've learned it, right? Well, it's yeah, one of those I places mean... where there's, like, 26 minutes is not a lot of time. Um, and even though this was a short story, I'm sure there's, like, I... I... I may have read this one a long time ago, but it's if it has, it's been a long time. Like, I'm sure there's stuff in there that got cut, to be sure. But yeah, probably. It is also a short story that is, I think, to a large degree, designed to be 
um, read in isolation. Right, this, right. Is, this is a really early one too, so. But I agree. Lots of questions there. Lots of questions. Yeah, it's it's clean though. I liked it. I liked the, the episode on the whole. Yeah, um, it was fun. Like I like cat people. <laughs> like I did have some problems with like Uhura kept being the one that they like knocked out and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh... She didn't she didn't get to do a lot, frankly. No, she keeps running and then getting zapped. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I guarantee that's just because like the um, female character in the book was the one who, you know, tried to escape and stuff like that, right? And then they're like, well, I guess that's a her and I, so. Um, there, is a import- there is a point that they only touch on very briefly that Spock says, um, well, I think they come back to it, but Spock tells Uhura to not speak and, like, play dumb, essentially. Yeah. Um, because uh, Zinti females, uh, they also have a name, uh, Zinarad, I think, um are so the, the idea is uh, at some point they started selectively breeding females somehow <laughs> to um so that they're they're essentially very dumb they have limited language and all this sort of stuff um so in the zin culture like all all of these are male and females are basically just kept on the home world um and like not taught and all sorts of stuff there's a lot of interesting stories in that arc too because there are occasionally uh females in TV that are born with more intelligence and they like some that murdered them uh well if they find them so they have these like groups that they form that these females in TV form um secret societies essentially where they you know plot against the males in TV that keep them enslaved essentially um, so there's mm. some really interesting stories on that front. Wait, how does that work genetically? Like, uh, or is it like all like incubator or like cloning? Yeah. So the idea is, I, I forget. Again, I've read a lot of these a long time ago, uh, but I think that the idea is that there had to be some genetic manipulation at some point to tie it to, you know, you tie it to a chromosome or something. Um, okay. You know, I'll something. It. Space magic. Sure. Space magic. Space no, I mean, that, like, there are, I mean, yeah, there are, we learned all about that in Biology <laughs> 1 for pre-med majors. There are traits, of course, linked to sex chromosomes that, which is why men are colorblind, but women tend not to be. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that checks, like, that's, that's a real thing. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stories on that front. Again, a lot of the stories in this universe are short stories. Um, they're very, very few, like, novel-length novels. Novel length novels. Novel length stories. <laughs> uh, a lot of them tend to be short stories, just get in, get out, which, again, make make for a good adaptation in a in a 26-minute animated series in Star Trek. So, Yeah, cool. I'm going to go back and watch that Lower Ducks now with the Kazinti. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of there. Like, they're part of a group that um, is interacting with Boimler. Um, I think they do have lines, but, you know, they're kind of just there. I would love for a Lower Ducks to, like, feature... Uh, that character or other characters. <laughs> or interact with the same people. I will yeah, say yeah. that watching the animated series has made me want to rewatch Lower Decks because, again, because it, I would like to watch a good yeah. animated Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this episode, I, I, and again, I like TAS. Abby, Abby makes a I, very good point that I'm not a good judge of this episode because I have so much of this backstory of Larry Nevin's works. Um, 
But no, I thought it was a fine episode. I, I think the first time I watched this episode, because I have seen this one before, I was like, "What in the world is this?" Um, and this time, <laughs> I think I I really did enjoy it. But um, no, I mean, you just you have to approach TAS with a mindset of like it. It's just TOS, right? Like sure. with shorter sure. and with not as much emotions <laughs> with the characters. Well, and that's the thing. Like I, I'm finding as we're as we're going through, and I mean, this is what our fourth, fifth episode, whatever we're watching. I think it's the third. Whatever. <laughs> sure. See, and that is, that is very telling. Um, yeah. 20 millionth episode. Are we not done with this yet? Um, I just, I'm not getting as engaged with these episodes. I, I just am finding myself kind of distracted by other things when I'm watching. Huh? Like it's not keeping my attention very well, which I mean, partially, uh, I, I just, my attention span's not great anymore. But also, I'm just like, eh. Like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to something like Lord Ducks, which, you know, it's is great. It's very, it's great. I mean, it's a parody. It's very Pomo, right? It's, it's just, uh, it catered towards a totally different time and totally different audience. And it's so much more self aware um, that it captures your attention. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just. I'm not loving it, guys. I'm not loving it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think especially with the last one, the, the Magics of Megas 2, I think with that one as a, a low bar, um, <laughs> I also appreciate this one more because I realized that it could have been that. Oh my god, um, guys, though, that was a great board to draw. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could use ten more Magics of Megas 2 if it means I can do those boards. Yeah, that episode... <laughs> Is so bad though. Um, <laughs> it is batshit. Yeah, it this one. Just... <laughs> this one. It looks better after this watching that. This is a decent. One, so a decent no, this episode. is a decent start, like sci-fi story. It's a good point too, right? That if this was a TOS episode, um, you couldn't have things like the Zinti as easily because again, you're just drawing no. them. Um, you couldn't have that slaver weapon that changes into all sorts of shapes without doing a lot of prop work. Uh, you know, that'd be really tough for them. So, yeah, but. I think it's yeah, a cool it's a good episode. Use animation. I think if you liked anything in this episode, read some uh, Larry Niven. <laughs> I would I would recommend starting with uh, either Man's in Wars one, The Warriors, or Man's in Wars eight. Uh, I forget what that story is called, but whatever the first story is in there, because those are again two sides of the same first contact between humans and Sentinel. Good times, good times. Should we move to messages? Do it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, It's pretty straightforward. Uh, One, especially with Spock and Starfleet, if it's too good to be true, kids, it probably is. Mm. (laughs) Always a fun message for children's shows and a useful one, I think. Uh, Straightforward pacifist message. I'm sure you guys picked up on it. Try to destroy and you yourself may be destroyed. Sure. Take that, Kazinti. (laughs) And uh, it goes with one of our favorite messages. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. I don't think that one's in here. I think I say that a lot, but... Um... <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. As soon as uh, the Zinti or Kazinti or whatever had this power, they managed to destroy themselves. Well, they fall into another trap, though. They're not... 
Yeah, but we don't know that. All we're explained in this episode is that they they become really powerful and then get destroyed. No, no, uh, Spock explains it, right? So yeah, they explain it, it. It's a cool trap at the end that like it it there is an AI in this weapon, um, and the AI comes on. They find a way to turn the AI on, and the AI is on. Like, hey, how's it going? Uh, you got the password? No, 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 no. The species as a whole. Uh, they went extinct. Oh, the Thrinkton? Oh, the slavers? Yeah. Oh, my bad. I, I got my bad. I confused the two aliens. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was on me. Yeah, the slavers. Um, that makes more sense. Well, they extinct themselves. Well, they don't extinct themselves. I think, um, again, there's a war. and they The galaxy, right? <laughs> they destroy all life in the galaxy, essentially. But it's almost like a Halo oh, situation. Oh, we don't know that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know that now. Well, that's a fair point. Yeah, in any case. Mm, sure. This is the only time that characters are killed on screen in TAS. Really? That's yep. interesting. I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. They go yeah. boom. Yep. And it's the only time that the Enterprise isn't seen at all, except in the opening credits. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's yeah. a, yeah, an interesting message. I would say there's almost a prime directive message here, too, though. The idea of, like... Kind of going with what you said, Chelsea, but the idea that if you get a technology that's far more advanced than you, that you're likely to be destroyed by it, right? Which is a very prime directivity. Yeah, I'll take it. I do like that Sulu is a man after my own heart and is very Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It is a good resolution to it, right? And it is... The, the cleanest episodes are the ones where they just fly away and, and not, you know, and all, yep. everything's been wrapped up essentially, so. Oh yeah, did the picture <laughs> get destroyed? Did the picture of the slavers get destroyed? Uh, I mean, one would a assume. lot of stuff blew up, so. No, that, now that belonged in a museum. <laughs> oh man. It really did. Yeah. I didn't really understand why it was there, because of like, here's this weapon, but also, here's a picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, and it doesn't really make sense, because if the weapon's like a spy thing, why would you then, like, reveal who you are? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I liked it, nonetheless. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least since it's in Spock's mind, maybe they can mind meld it out. And, there like, we go. You know, I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, if, um, I bet there's an, a better answer in the short story, The Soft Weapon, which would probably be the thing that, if you're interested in this episode, you should read. Um, I'll probably go back and read uh, The Soft yeah, Weapon. Yeah, let us know. So. Oh, no, I mean, it's definitely in there. Like, I've read the synopsis again, and, like, these story beats are exactly the same as this story. Um, so. Uh, okay, I'll accept it. Yeah. Cool, so is it time for bingo? Bingo time? No, it's time for antagonists. Oh, yeah. We've only been doing this for three years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know I, I mean, can't keep track. No matter <laughs> no matter where we what we say, I think it's the bottom of the list, right? Because we've got three really yeah. powerful things on. Yeah. We're, we're saying exactly. either the, Agreed. We're saying either the Zinti in general, or I think probably more specifically Chuffed Captain. Uh, the captain of the, <laughs> the, the ship. Not here. effective. Um, yeah, he's not very good at his job. Yeah, so I think he's he's at the current bottom. I'm sure yeah. they'll be and they end up destroying themselves again. Yeah. So definitely bottom of the list. This is not a hard one. <laughs> yeah. So cool. I'll take cool. it. Now time for bingo. bingo. Now time for bingo. Or <laughs> there's there's given that this was not written to be a Trek episode, there are not many tropes in this. Like I yeah. might say that Spock might not even say fascinating or interesting. He, he might, but it wouldn't be outlandish if he didn't. Kirk's not there. There's no captain's log. No, a lot of they're the... trapped on a planet. 
Yeah, I guess they're trapped on a planet. Uh, is it a planet? Yeah, it's kind of a planet. It's planet-ish. Um, um, That's about it. Yeah, is that the main thing? Huh. Is there more Abby? Yeah, no, no, there is. <laughs> the OA team is trapped on the planet, and Spock does stay illogical and fascinating. Okay, that's fair. So, that, like, that, that so they fix the dialogue. But that only counts to be as character one. specific. But yeah, no, there's nothing in this episode. <laughs> this is not a cliche episode. It's an interesting spin, though, because it, it's probably most comparable to uh, Simon Earth, um, right? In that it's a completely different thing being brought into Star Trek. I think this is yeah. done much, much better than Assignment Earth was, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah it works. I'd like a Zinti, uh, you know, series. Even if it's a Star Trek <laughs> Zinti series. But they've made wackier series in Star Trek, though. That's true. Okay, shall we, shall we see what we're watching next time, friends? Mm-hmm. Are you guessing? Um, yeah. I'm going to guess Space Computer of Doom. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> Um, last time you we guessed... haven't had a computer yet. Okay, last time you guessed something about Vulcan. I'm gonna uh, ultimate Vulcan. <laughs> the ultimate Vulcan. Oh dear. Um, no, but we are going to the what is sort of season two. It's very confusing about how the seasons work on this one. Uh, but it is a long title. Oh, <laughs> wow. The, Does that help it us? Is the, uh, it is the penultimate episode of TAS. How sharper than a serpent's tooth. Which How the, sharper than a... Got it. Okay. The Enterprise <laughs> runs into a being which once visited Earth and influenced the Mayan culture. So this should be oh, awesome. uh, oh, this real be problematic. problematic. <laughs> <laughs> no boy. Oh, oh dear. dear. I think we're going to have some things to say. I am, I am, uh, worried (laughs) about how this is going to (laughs) go. But, oh, well, we'll, we'll see how uncomfortable we get next time, listener. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3 to beam up at beam three. We trust you to find it. Info at 3dbeamup.com to email us. Uh, and we will uh, look, watch some cultural appropriation next time. <laughs> See you then.